give up Pastor Joe. Well, I am excited about all the groups that are kicking off. And so, hey, if you're not in a group, go meet them at the Group Life wall over there. They got two iPads out there, and you can scroll through, and you can click on what group you like, and it'll pop up with the exact address. You can become a member of that group, and you'll get notifications on your phone. You can do the same thing on your TWBC SS app, and so download that. If you did not get one of these new handouts this morning, it's different from last week. It's got all the groups on it. Get one before you leave, and it's got instructions how you can sign up for a group right on the app it's way more easy than signing up with paper i promise you just got to get used to just punching a button and then all the information pops up right before your eyes and thank you for everybody who hung out with me last wednesday at pizza Inn. the pizza Inn group was the best amen come on i'm just kidding they were all awesome and it's been great but hey we're jumping into our message this morning called squad and the title is c4 c4 is the title of this morning's message and so second corinthians chapter number 10 Beginning in verse number three says this, for though we walk in the flesh, that means we're living in an earth suit. We are living in a fleshly body. It doesn't mean our actions are fleshly, though we walk in a fleshly body is what it's saying. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war. Everybody say waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, amen. We got weapons. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. A lot of people get born again and walk through this life just getting beat up and busted and wonder why they're not victorious. Well, you got to pick up some weapons, baby. I mean, God's given you some stuff to walk with. And so he's fixing to have you um, well equipped for the battle that you're going into. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. There is no reason a believer should ever be a prisoner or a captive. And next week, we're going to see a bunch of people set free. If you have a friend who is held captive to an addiction, a problem, an inner hurt, an inner vow, uh, just uh, emotional struggles, emotional trauma, bring them next Sunday because there's going to be some freedom happening in the house of God. Can I get an amen? And so that's going to be awesome next week. And so it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And so it's our job as believers whenever we know the truth of God's word and the enemy says, but did God really say... We destroy those lofty arguments. That's how Eve fell into the trap that she fell into, and Adam also fell into the same trap. But the Bible says Eve was deceived and Adam was not. So Adam willfully sinned. Eve was deceived, and because a lofty opinion was raised, and it questioned her knowledge of God. So you must begin to destroy the arguments that raise up against the knowledge of God, and this is how you do it. And it says, by taking every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And so as we're in this message this morning, that is our theme versus scripture throughout this series called Squad. And so why do we need a squad? Because we're waging war. You're in a battle. Whether you realize it or not, there is an enemy who wants to kill you and a savior who came to save you and give you new life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if you have areas of your life that are being killed, stolen on, and destroyed, I can bet you a billion dollars I know exactly where it's coming from. And it's not from God to teach you something. It is the enemy trying to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you so you will not fulfill the mandate of God on your life. Amen. And so he's wreaking havoc on marriages. 
He's wreaking havoc on family life. He's seeing kids be rebellious to their parents and parents abusive to their kids and all this stuff. And we've got this crazy war going on and we never realize it is the thief trying to come steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am the great I am. I am come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, in abundance to the full until it overflows. Amen. And that overflows, in my opinion, this morning as we talk about C4, means not just a trickle over, it means an explosion of Jesus Christ on everything we come in contact with. So as we talk a little bit about C4, just a little bit this morning, um, with this, C4 is this. It is the explosive that we're going to talk about, and it has a texture similar to modeling clay. You know how when you were in uh, school and you had to do stuff out of modeling clay? C4 is an explosive that has a texture similar to modeling clay. It can be molded into any desired shape. C4 is stable. An explosion can only be initiated by a shock wave from a detonator. So it is completely a stable explosive that you can put in a backpack. You could drop it from the top of this building, hit the floor. It would not explode. It's got to have something stuck in it where you can remotely detonate it through like a cell phone or some kind of a shockwave that sends a, a, a wave through it that it begins to make all the things on this side catalyze and it explodes with this massive explosion. And I don't know about you, but I want a squad that resembles C4. I want people in my life that resemble and are for me that resemble C4, a squad that's moldable, a squad that's very stable, but when the enemy attacks, we explode all over the place. Can I get an amen on that? And if we're talking about developing a squad, we got to get the right people in our squad, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning, and that's where C4 comes into. We're going to talk about um, uh, the, choosing the right people because the right people make it mission critical. If you're going to get through this life, you can't do it alone. But you can't just have people. you got to have the right people. you got to have the right people, not just in your life, but in your corner and for you. So we're going to talk about three different people this morning. We're going to talk about comrades. We're going to talk about constituents. And we're going to talk about confidants. Comrades, constituents, and confidants. Now listen, I'm going to give you three definitions, then we're going to go back and break them down. Comrades are this. These are people who are in your life but they are against what you are against, okay? There are people in your life, but they are against what you are against. Constituents are this. These are people in your life who are for what you are for, okay? So comrades are against what you're against. Constituents are for what you are for. Confidants, they are there for you. So comrades are against what you're against. Constituents are for what you are for. Confidants are for you. And in your life, you need to specialize in getting some confidants that are for you. Because you'll always have people who are against what you're against. You'll always have people in your life who are for what you are for. But you won't always have people in your life who are for you. So as believers, we need to specialize in becoming confidants being a person who can be a confidant, and also becoming a people with confidants, people who are for you in your life. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's go back up to comrades. Comrades are in your life, and these people are against what you are against. These are the people who love to fight. Man, I don't know what y'all had for breakfast this morning, but you guys came into the boxing arena. You didn't come just kind of dancing around a little bit, you know, let's kind of feel this. Y'all just came in just like throwing haymakers this morning, man. 
Y'all came into worship like just throwing down, and I loved it. It's awesome when people come into the body of Christ, into worship service, just ready to bring it. Amen? And I love that spirit you guys brought in this morning. It's been amazing having worship with you guys this morning. Comrades are these people. These are the people who love to fight, but just for the sake of fighting. They love to fight, but just for the sake of fighting. They are valuable ally, but do not confuse their motives. They're a valuable ally, but do not confuse their motives. They may seem like someone you want on your squad, but the minute you become uh, for something that they are against, they're gone. Do you understand the kind of people I'm talking about? These are the people who love to fight, but just for the sake of being in a fight. They just love to fight. They're valuable. They're a valuable ally, but do not confuse their motives. They may seem like someone you want on your squad, but the minute you become for something that they're against, they're gone. Also, when the victory is won, they won't even celebrate with you. They'll just go to the next fight. What am I talking about? What are some examples of this in in, in real life? Um, Have you ever been in a conversation with a coworker and you're both mad at your boss, but you really didn't like the coworker, but you bonded over the same anger issue against your boss? Okay, don't everybody shake your head. I have you. You ain't got to convince you. Okay, we've all been in situations like that. I don't even like this person, but you're at the water cooler and you're both griping about the same thing. So suddenly there was this common uh, thing that, that you guys were coming together, but only for one reason, because you were both against the same thing. You were against the new rule that they put in place. You were against the new office hours. You were against the overtime. You were against the whatever. And so over the water cooler gossip, you begin to bond over what you're against. The problem is when you begin to bond over what you're against, you'll begin to divulge a little bit too much information into the person who you're bonding with, that you're against something with, and the minute that you separate because that issue's over, they use the very things you told them, what you thought was in confidence because you thought they were becoming a confidant, but they're really just a comrade, and they use that same information against you because, remember, they're just in it for the fight, and they're just always against something, and they're wanting to fight about anything, and so now you're hurt because you put trust do do we understand what I'm talking about am I the only one who's ever been here before okay because a lot of us we like to bond up with some comrades because all of us got a little bit of fight in us right all of us got a little bit of something in us. When we get mad, we want to fight. And if somebody will come alongside you and find what you're against and be against it with you, it feels good for the moment. But those aren't people you want to build your squad out of. Because if they're only against what you're against, as soon as that issue's done, the next day they could be against you. And that's what happens the majority of the time. And the minute they're against you, that information you told them, what you thought was confidential, is no longer confidential because they're just in it for the fight. These are the people in the corporate ladder that says, I'm going to get to the top at all costs, and if you can benefit me, come alongside me, but as soon as you're done benefiting me, I'm against you just like I've always been, because I am for one person, and that is for me. Now listen, you're all going to have people like this in your life. You just got to recognize them when they come in. You You can't live life without running into these people. You can't even go on the job without running into these people. You can't go through Walmart without running into these people. You know what I'm talking about. You're on aisle number 12, whatever aisle that would be. 
probably the baking aisle, I guess. I got brownies out of my mind this morning for some reason. Hallelujah. You're on the baking aisle. Well, I can't believe they're always out of sugar. You know, I just don't like Walmart. They are always out of sugar, right? You, you just bonded over something you're both against. You're going to run into comrades all over the place. People just want to be in there for the fight. It's no shortage of griping going on in America. Yeah, Hallelujah. We know this. Everybody's griping about something. Yeah. It can be the best it's ever been, and there's still something wrong. Everybody is against something at some point, even you, even me. But if I bond with people who are only against what I'm against, I'll never have a squad that's going to explode on anything good. In fact, we'll begin to, as Pastor Derek said this morning in our prayer meeting, God help us be a squad that explodes and expands the kingdom of God rather than a church that always implodes because we only know what we're against. We as a church got to start knowing what we're for not just what we're against. And the big issue with the body of Christ today is nobody knows what the church stands for. We only know what this church is against and that church is against and they're against this and they're against this and they're against this and they're against this. But what are we for? What are we for? So if you're only bonding with people in your life who are against what you're against, you're never going to be a squad that's capable of accomplishing things for the kingdom of God. Biblically, what, how did this happen? When Jesus came on the scene, the Pharisees and the Sadducees hated each other. Oh, they were in the same nation. They were all Israelites. They were the Jewish race. They didn't like each other, though. That's why you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They weren't all together anymore. So these two groups of people hated each other. But when Jesus came on the scene... He was threatening to both of them. And so these two people who hated each other said, I don't like you and you don't like me, but we got a greater enemy than you and me. Now we got an enemy called Jesus. And if we don't come together and, and join up because we're against what we're against, <laughs> we're all going down. So they came together and killed the Son of God. It happens. But that's how destructive only being a comrade can be. In your life, you need to start evaluating and thinking in your mind, am I a comrade? Am I just in it for the fight? Do I want to see deliverance ministry just because I want to see, I just want to throw down on somebody. If you love deliverance ministry, you're crazy. I mean, because it's hard. And if you're only in it to see people, I'm just going to cast out demons everywhere I go. Ooh. Uh, my wedding ring just flew way off somewhere over there. Uh, can you give that to my wife? Because it's going to fling off again. If you haven't noticed, I've lost a bunch of weight, and I, I, I was afraid that was going to happen. Sorry, babe. That was not intentional, I promise. Lord Jesus. Woo. I don't feel guilty about it. I knew I was going to. I should have put tape on it. Like, you know, in the high school ring, you know, put tape on the inside, Right? This one isn't live stream, so I can say whatever I want to, right? <laughs> oh, it does go on the app, though. That's right. Um, so, so, yeah, hold on to that for me, if you would, babe. I'd appreciate that. I am completely lost on where I was at right now. <laughs> so let's go on to constituents. So that's enough on comrades. We've got to figure out what we're for as the church. Now, in the church, you have uh, comrades, you have constituents, and you have confidants. Now, listen. As we talk about these three, 
three types of people. The only thing that separates these three types of people is this. It's the motives. It is the motives behind what they do. And it's the motives behind who they are. And so constituents are the most confusing out of the two because there's a lot of constituents in your life. These people are for what you're for, but they're not for you. And it's very easy to confuse a constituent and think they're a confidant when they're not really a confidant. They're only a constituent because the minute you begin to change a direction in your life, they're no longer for what you're for and then they're gone. And you were brokenhearted because you thought they were supposed to be for you, but they were only for what you were for. Now in this, let me read some of the examples on this. These are people who are for what you are for. They are, they are with you because of the cause, not because of you. Their attraction to you is the mission that you're on. Their attraction to you is the mission that, they're, that you're on. Listen, I know in the year uh, uh, where we're going to be in our new facility in September in 2020, that's our goal. And I know within that year as we're in the building project, we're going to get a lot of people coming because, wow, they're building a new building. Let's go see what's going on. They're here for the mission. They're curious about what's going on. Hey, this church must be growing. They're doing a good work in the kingdom. They're building a new building. So they're becoming for what were they for? They're for the cause. They're not necessarily for TWBC. God will, bring, God will bring constituents in your life all day long to bless you all day long. Don't hate on a constituent. They are there to bless you. You just got to know who they are. They're going to come into your life. They're going to support you. They're going to love you. They'll financially bless the church like nobody's business. They'll change the landscape of a city. They'll change the landscape of a nation. But the minute the mission changes, the cause changes, they're not really for what you're for anymore and they're gone and this is ripping the hearts of ministers out around the world because they thought people were for them but they were only for the cause and when the cause changed the people changed and you cannot let your life be dictated by the people who come in and out of your life on a daily basis, on a yearly basis, on every three or four year basis, because the majority of them in your life will be constituents, and they're there to bless you, they're there for your life for a season, and it's a great season, enjoy the ride while it lasts, but you don't have a love affair with a temporary co-worker. They're called temporary for a reason. And in your life, if you begin to fall in love with the constituents in your life, you're going to be heartbroken more than you'll be effective in the kingdom of God. They will look a lot like a confidant, but if you confuse the two, you always end up brokenhearted. The difference is when the cause fails, they're gone while the confidant stays. They are not bad. You just have to understand their motive. Jesus had this same issue. But notice Jesus' reaction versus the church's reaction sometimes. The example is John, 6, uh, John chapter 6, verse 51 through 67. I'm just going to read the last couple verses. And this is where Jesus was talking about, eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know, this is right after he fed the 5,000 in the Gospel of John, and all these people were following him, and he said, I am the bread of life, and he goes on down some verses, and he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and this is what the Bible says in verse 66. After he said this, many of his disciples, so there were more than just the 12. We, we focus on the 12, but there were more than 12. Many of his disciples, his constituents, Turned back and no longer walked with him. 
So Jesus looked at the 12 and he said, you want to go as well? It didn't affect him who was walking out of his life. It didn't affect him when they all came into his life. He knew who he was. He knew what his cause was. It was the kingdom of God expanding at a high rate. And he was going to expand the kingdom of God at all costs. And when he began to declare the fullness of the cause, his body and his blood, it was too hard for many of them to hear. And so they walked away and Jesus looked at the main 12 and said, you can go too. Bye. They said, no, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. You have the words of life. When the mission changed, all the disciples changed except the 12. And so sometimes in your life when God, God, is, God may be crying, trying to increase you by decreasing your associations. We don't like that. Got a new season where a bunch of new friend, old friends are gone. You hadn't really found new friends yet, and you just kind of feel like you're wandering and all alone, right? You, you just don't really feel like you got a place to fit. You don't feel like you got a place to belong. That's why you need to get into a grow group and find a build relationship. You need to get into a serve group and start rubbing elbows with somebody, get some blood, sweat, and tears going on. We'll talk about that again in just a minute. You need to get into a place in your life where you can start relating to a new group of people that God is trying to bring in so you can look at them and find out which ones are comrades, which ones are constituents, and which ones are what we're going into now is the confidants in your life. These are the people that they are there for you. They're there for you. They're in your life. They love you for who you are. They, they are there for you. You've got to have someone you can trust, and this is your smallest category. You've got to have somebody in your life you can trust. Some, some experts say if you have as many as, as three of these in a lifetime, you are a very, very blessed person. If you have as many as three of these in a lifetime, you're a very, very blessed person. Somebody who you can be yourself no matter what. Jesus fed 5,000, sent out 72, chose 12, but only three went up with him on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. Three with him, went with him to the place of what I call further still. He left the people to pray, took Peter, James, and John with him, went further still, left them to pray. He went on a little bit further to pray in the garden. So he had three of them in his life through this three-year ministry that he began to really become as confidants in their life. And so listen, this is what Jesus' group life was. And now remember, group life at TWBC is this. It's you plus two. We want you to find two confidants in your life. We want you to find them here at TWBC that are not just for the church, not just for what you guys love to do together, but they're for you as a person. They're for you in your life. And now listen, men, you need to find men in your life that are confidants. Other than your wife, you need to find men in your life that are confidants. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And men, if you're married in the room. And your wife is not your greatest confidant. You're wrong. Amen. Wives in the room. If you, since you're married, since you're a wife. If your husband is not your greatest confidant, you're wrong and you've got marriage issues and you need to get, get it fixed. If you are confiding in somebody more than you are your spouse, you're wrong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
God, honor that. Hallelujah. I pray it sits heavy in your hearts. I pray there's marriage radical transformation and restoration because of that phrase. I pray that husbands and wives start communicating at a higher level. I pray that you have worship time together. You have times of prayer together. That you support one another. That you cry on your pillows together at night over your kids that are being rebellious. I pray that you talk to them about your problems more than you talk to any of your men friends. If you're men and your girlfriends, if you're girls. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that's good preaching. So Jesus' group life was you plus two. And so he had three people in his life, the three. And I call them Peter, James, and John. And last week we talked about here's how you can find people in your life who are good for your squad. And here's three categories. If they'll bleed with you, if they'll sweat with you, and if they'll cry with you, they're probably pretty good potential candidates if they'll do that time and time again, that they're for you and not just for the cause or that what you're against or the certain situation that you're going through. And so, listen, I like to talk about Peter just for a second. Peter, I like to call him I call him the blood guy. He's the crazy one, right? Anybody who's going to jump out of a boat and say, Jesus, tell me to come to you. He's kind of crazy. He'll bleed with you. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, he's going to bleed with you. And so you got Peter who's out there, says, I'm going to bleed with you, Jesus. He even said, Jesus, if you're going to go to the cross, I don't think so. I'm going to stand in front. I'm going to cut somebody's head off. Luckily, Peter was a fisherman and not a swordsman. So he only got the dude's ear and cut it off, not his head. Y'all don't think he was going for his ear. He wasn't that skilled of a swordsman. He was a fisherman. He was used to throwing nets. Get it out there, throw the net. Had a sword on him. Kind of like a kid with a gun. <laughs> Luckily, I'd like to see Jesus put a head back on. That would have been pretty cool. But Peter missed, got his ear. Jesus picked it back up, put it on the dude's head, right? Go read the Bible. It's in there. I mean, geez, some of y'all look at me like, what is he talking about? Go read the crucifixion story. It's in there. And so luckily, Jesus had somebody on his squad, crazy as he may have been, that's a blood guy. I hope you've got a crazy person in your life. Not like insane crazy, but, right? I hope you've got somebody in your life who's willing to die with you, who's willing to bleed with you, who's willing to go the distance with you. Well, if you've got to run a marathon, he's right there with you. He don't care how many times he's got to throw up. He's going to finish the race with you. Right? Every Frodo needs a Sam Wise Gamgee. Come on. I mean, I've got to get it across to you somehow. Some of y'all are looking at me like a calf at a new gate here this morning. I just don't understand. You've got to have somebody in your life who's going to bleed with you. And who is that person? I mean, I know my wife will bleed with me. We'll fight it out. We'll go the distance, not against each other to, for, to accomplish something. You know, in your life, you've got to have that crazy guy, that person in your life who's just, I'm with you to the end, and I don't care. And we all know Peter denied Jesus, but that's why also why Jesus reinstated him and brought him to the distance with him. And everything he did. You also got to have a James in your life. You got to have the logical one. I call him the sweat guy. Right? You got to have the guy who's going to sweat it out with you. Pastor Derek talked about digging a ditch this morning. He's got to have a sweat guy. Somebody who's going to dig it out with him. Somebody who's going to grind it out with him. That's why James wrote the book of James. And he wrote it very logically because there is people out there who said, oh, we got all this great faith, but they had no proof of it because they weren't doing nothing. He said, if you had faith, logically, you start doing something with it. You know, start making it happen. 
make a difference in the kingdom of God. And so you got to have that sweat guy. You also got to have that tear guy. You got to have that loving one. You got to have the Apostle John in your life. You got to have the one that, that when, you're, when he was eating, Jesus was at the, the Lord's Supper, serving him, John laid his head on his chest. You got to have that guy in your life who you can tell your most intimate things in your life about. And you know it ain't going anywhere. You know he not, he's not just for you, but he's, he's not just for your cause, but he's got your heart in his hands. You got to have someone you can trust your heart with in this life. And this is the very reason when Jesus was dying on the cross, one of his last saying was, he didn't say John, disciple. He said, son, behold your mother, behold your son. Oh, see, some of you didn't get that. John achieved a place that Peter and James didn't. This is why when John wrote his own book, he said, I'm the one he loves. <laughs> right? I know who I am. And since I'm going to live to outlive all y'all, I can write this after you're dead and gone and you can't even correct it. Go study church history. He, lived, he outlived them all, right? On the Isle of Patmos, he started writing stuff. So he begins to write the one Jesus loved. The one Jesus loved. He says, I outran Peter to the tomb. I loved him, <laughs> right? You got to have that guy in your life who's got that, who's got that, you got your heart at hand. Who wants to see your heart? And he wants to make sure your heart is fulfilled. And he wants to make sure the desires of your heart are met. When your heart breaks, their heart breaks. When your heart's struggling, their heart's struggling. When you rejoice, they rejoice. These are the people in your life, these three, the blood guy, the sweat guy, and the tear guy. When you're up, they're going to be up there with you. When you're down, they're going to be down there with you. Everybody loves to talk about who the people were in King David's life, talking about, Jonathan, I'm going to talk to you about a different guy in uh, King David's life. I want to talk to you about his main military leader, Joab. Joab, if anybody was a confidant to King David, it was Joab. He picked up Joab as a misfit out of the 400, and Joab led his military conquest all throughout his lifetime, even through the affair with Bathsheba, even through Uriah the Hittite, even through all these things that were going on. Joab stood the course. He had David's heart at hand. He was accomplishing the kingdom of God for his life. These people are the people who are, when you're up, you're up. When you're down, they're down. Someone who you can be transparent with and honest with. I love these next three phrases. They know things about you that you are afraid everybody else will find out. Come on now. Ain't nobody in this room perfect. Everybody's messed up at some point. They know the things about you that you're afraid everybody else will find out. They found out things about me that ruin everything about me. I'd lose my job, I'd lose my career, I may lose my family, I may lose all this stuff. You ain't got to worry, they're your confidants. They've bled with you, they've sweat with you, they've cried with you, they got your heart in their hand, and you got their heart in your hand. It ain't a one-way street, baby, it's a covenant relationship here. It's going on like that. Being around them is so comfortable, you can behave as if you were by yourself. Hey, come on now. Everybody loves that one. You are so comfortable around these people. So comfortable around these people because, uh, because you can behave as if you are by yourself. You don't have to change your behavior in their presence. I love being a pastor. I walk into a room, suddenly everybody's a saint. I walk in the middle of a cuss word. It's like, oh, that's a, 
glory to God, it's just been a blessed day. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love being a pastor because you get that all the time. I walk into somebody's presence, everything changes. They get really uncomfortable around me. I ain't even talking about lost people. I'm talking about you people. <laughs> right? I've seen it walking into church. Conversations going on. I see people over there in the corner. I walk up. Hey, you know, hey, everything's so good, Pastor. We love this church. We're so proud of you. Thank you for all you do. We love it here. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You want to get some confidence in your life. Be around them is so comfortable. You can behave as if you were by yourself. You don't have to put on a change your behavior in their presence. Now listen to this last one. The reason you get tired of being around people is because you are putting on. You want them to leave so you can relax and be yourself. The reason you're emotionally exhausted when you come home from work is not because you worked so hard. It's because you had to put on all day. And when you go home, you can finally let your hair down and be yourself. You know, people, when they walk up to my house, my confidants can walk up to my house, and if I'm outside mowing and I don't have a shirt, I don't even got to go put a shirt on. I be myself. I don't even care. You know? These are those types of people. You can be yourself. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Now, listen, I'm going to close with this. I called this message C4, and the message title is C4. We've talked about comrades, constituents, and confidants, but what is the fourth? What is the fourth that we've got to have in our life? Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 and 25 expresses this very well. And it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste, and he declared to his counselors, Did not we cast three men into the fire? And this is Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego story. And he answered the king, and they said, True, O king, we did only throw three people into the fire. And the king answered them and said, But I see four people unbound walking around in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt at all. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. If you're going to have a squad that's explosive, if you're going to have C4 in your life, you've got to know comrades are going to be there. You've got to have people who are against what you're against. Know what they're for. Know what they're going to do. Know that they're going to come and they're going to go real quick. You're going to have constituents in your life. They're going to be for what you're for. They could be there for a longer period of time, but know at some time they're going to go. You're going to have confidence in your life. They're there for you. They're there for the long haul. But listen to this. It doesn't matter how many comrades you have with you, how many constituents you have for your cause. It doesn't matter how many confidants go with you into the fire. If the base of your life is not based on the fourth man in the fire, C4, Jesus Christ himself, you'll never have a squad that will fulfill any of your desires, and you'll always leave brokenhearted. C4 is always based on Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of everything in your squad. And I'm fixing to get real prophetic here just for a minute. And I'm going to close this thing down. I am declaring this today. In this house, in this sanctuary, for the ones who are listening now and who will listen in the future, that there is a supernatural character change happening across the people of TWBC. That we are no longer comrades. We are no longer constituents. We have become the character of people who can be confidants. People who can hold each other's heart in our hands. People who can sweat together. People who can bleed together. People who can cry together. Because why? We're not doing it out of our own abilities. Because of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. And God raised him again in the fullness of life. And the same power that raised him from the grave has raised Joel T. Meyer from the grave. And greater is he that lives in me than he that's in this world. And he that's in this world is no competition for the Jesus Christ that is alive and well this morning. And he is the base of everything that we do. 
and I'm declaring that you're changing this morning. I break off a spirit of gossip on your life. You no longer stand by water coolers and talk about people or things. You're a solution, not, not an antagonist. I declare this this morning. You are no longer a person who is a constituent lifestyle. When you get close to somebody, you feel you've got to leave because you're afraid to get close. I declare that there's a healing taking place in your heart, overcoming emotional trauma, overcoming baggage, overcoming problems in your life, that you now have the character on the inside of you, that I can be a confidant, number one, to my spouse. And number two, there's going to be two or three other people that I'm going to make sure I get in my life at some point that I can bleed with, I can sweat with, I can cry with. They can hold my heart and I can hold their heart and we will walk this out together. If you believe that, stand with me this morning. As we go into an altar call this morning, I want my ministers to come, beginning to pray, get ready. As you take communion this morning, as like last week, line up between section one and two right here because we're about to change some things up here in a little bit and come to uh, Ronnie and Hope, our elders over here, and they'll be able to lead you in communion. But I want to end with this this morning. If Jesus Christ is not the basis of everything in your life, you need to change the base of your life. The only reason this message, C4, can make you a stable squad is because the stabilizing factor in everything you do is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He is the one who makes you stable. He's the one who makes you moldable. He is also the one that when you and your confidants get together, you can explode on the kingdom of darkness and see the kingdom of God manifest in your life. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, now I want you to come when I say amen to this prayer in about 30 seconds. Anybody else in the room? You've struggled with comrades, constituents, and confidants all your life. I want you to make this resolve this morning. This is how I want you to respond. If you've never had a squad, never had somebody personal like that, it's because Jesus Christ has to take the first and foremost spot in your life. I know you're born again. I know you're saved. But I want you to come and say, Jesus, be my number one confidant. You're element number one in my C4. After that, you can come and we got prayer ministers that will pray for you to meet your needs of healing. They'll help meet your needs of, of emotional trauma or baggage. They'll help meet the needs of a prayer of agreement, a prayer of faith, a word of encouragement. Whatever you need this morning, I want you to come to these ministers and begin to move. Here's your time to respond. Who have you been in this life? A comrade? A constituent? And do you want to become a confidant? If you want a character change to become a confidant, I want you to come. And here we go. God moving us this morning. In the name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Respond to this message this morning in a real mighty way.